if you don't have your annual plan put together, if you haven't given thought to what next year is going to look like, if you're living by the seat of your pants, as a lot of us do, well, guess what, bucko? Episode for you, because you got to get your shit together. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Level Up. I'm Katie, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Daniel, who's frustrated because the sound isn't working. Frustrated. I'm thrilled. I'm so happy. And to all of you listening, enjoy the echo. Our fancy microphones, for some reason, stopped working. So there you have it. So nice. You'll hear it twice. That's right. So So, let's get into it because we don't want to leave people hanging. I really don't think anybody's hanging that much yet. They're hanging. They're just lost fifty percent of the listenership in the thirty seconds. If that's what we're dealing with, then we've got bigger problems than the content we're about to drop on them. But that's okay. I don't know. All right. Well, well, it is almost the end of November, which means it's almost the beginning of December, which also means we're but a month away from twenty twenty four, and you know what that means. If you don't have your, if you don't have your annual plan put together, if you haven't given thought to what next year is going to look like, if you're living by the seat of your pants, as a lot of us do, well, guess what, bucko? Episode for you, because you got to get your shit together. But I couldn't. But we're giving you the plan right now. We're giving you the plan. This isn't tips and tricks. This is your strategy for this 2024. This is it. That's, that's the word. Okay. The strategy. This is what you need to do to get it in gear. And guess what? If you consider this a slow market, if this year was meh for you, well, guess what? That means you have a month right now. That, that's a hell of a face right there. I hope people are watching on YouTube. What was that? You know, face that's made that, that filter for like TikTok or something of oh, that really, really ugly. That was my face right there. That was the face that our daughter gave me when I asked her what she will do if a boy ever asks her out on a date. That's her immediate, that's the face. It's perfect. <laughs> Nothing made me proud. She takes after me. The two of you, you have a face that only a father or husband could love. (laughs) Anywho, well, you've got a lovely haircut that only a wife could love. So there you go. Is it that side? No, no, wrong side. Oh, okay. Oh, there it is. The line. (laughs) You're going to start a new trend here. It's it's called the implied lobotomy is what I call it. If you want someone to think you just went through brain surgery, give yourself a haircut just like that. There you go. All right, friends. So let's start with this strategy. Let's get going. So we have done several annual plans in the past years and have created different iterations of them. I think this year is no different, obviously, because we have changed things up a little bit. But I think this year is focused on truly the right things. Not that, not to say that our other years sucked. I'm just saying we've made improvements and this one is a pretty good good one. So if you were thinking about going back to past episodes around this time to listen to annual planning things, that's just a waste of your damn time. You're getting the best version of the annual plan right now. To date, to date, yes. And it's a, it's a microcosm of why we do this. You learn, you live, you grow, and you live, fix laugh, the- love. <laughs> Hashtag. And so 
We're going to start. So some of this, if you've listened to the planning in the past, there's there's elements like it wasn't all useless in the past. I mean, we're still here. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Where, where we have focused in the past on a very clear approach that's built around the softer side of things and getting your head right and focusing on you, I think this is turning the dial a little bit more on your business and making sure that you don't lose sight of the tangible goals and the actual business that you need to do to be successful in a measurable way. Mm-hmm. Right. So if what you've been doing has big upped yourself and gotten you in a very good headspace personally, but your business has suffered, well, this is not going to compromise your business in any way. This is going to pick it back up by its pants. So we're going to go through the whole plan. And if you'd like a copy of the plan, feel free to reach out to us. You can send us a message on at level up for realtors on Instagram. And uh, we're happy to send you the PDF, but we're going to go through it now. So get your pens and your paper out. Popcorn ready. Here comes no more than 30 minutes. We're going to do this in 30 minutes. You're busy are we, and you don't want to listen to us for more than that. So in saying that, you're going to open still as you should with any planning session by reflecting on what got you to where you are right now. You want to take a look back at the year that was. And for a lot of us, it's been a challenging year for this industry. It's been a challenging year. Maybe you've had some successes. Well, you've definitely had some successes, but you've got to break it down into what has worked really well, what has not worked so well and be honest with yourself. That is a consistency to any planning process you do, whether it's ours or anything else. This is where you let your guard down because you're dealing with yourself right now and you can't improve or build on something if you're opening by not telling the truth. Yeah, that's right. So to give you a couple of examples before moving on, um, for myself, what worked well was uh, being more active in my CRM. I found that really helped to strengthen my repeat and referral business. And I was going to go into what didn't work well, but maybe we should stick with what worked well for you first. Uh, Well, for me, I actually had some, I won't even go into the paperwork. I'll go off of memory. But what uh, worked well for me this year was focusing a little bit more on taking the tasks out of my day-to-day that I didn't need to be doing, Mm. where I could leverage resources and people. to help me get things done and allow me to spend more time on the value adds that I was bringing value to and that I wanted to be engaged in. Uh, I made some good strides on that this year. Very good. Very good. So going the opposite direction in terms of what didn't work well, I would say that I have struggled. That's the right word with finding my place in the world of social media. I love doing it. I get very distracted with it. I don't necessarily have a solid plan. I like to fly by the seat of my pants. And a lot of times that can cause a lot of time sucks and um, just interruptions in my productivity for the day. So I'm honestly not fully sure how I want to navigate that for next year, but identifying it, like the first step is identifying that you have a problem. So there you go. And that's why you're going through this exercise is to figure it out. 
Um, for me, I think my problem has for a long time been, and this year was no different, has been finishing what I start on a larger scale. I think we talk a lot about um, breaking things down into smaller parts, and that was working well. And I think the smaller parts have happened and there have been successes along the way, but there's so many balls being kept in the air that I haven't just closed the book on big projects so that I can put it away and move on to the next one. So there's a lot of things hanging and that's not a very efficient way to keep business and life going because things keep getting added. There are more responsibilities that get thrown in there and, and they're all important in their own way. So to prioritize gets a lot tougher when you're not actually finishing any of these things. So from there, we're talking about, and, and your lists are going to be longer than that. This isn't an exercise in what's one thing that worked well and one thing that didn't. Yeah. Um, so take the time to really reflect and don't stop. Like all of these planning processes are built on a brain dump. Like this is your opportunity to throw out everything so that you can ultimately whittle it down and focus on what's the most important. So from that, when you look at the things that worked well, you really want to hone in on, of all the things that went well for you this year, how many of them were actually in the name of furthering your business? How many of them were of a business growth mindset, nature, whatever you want to call it? Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to be very telling as it correlates to how your business went during the year. If all of your wins were personal or all your wins were different things that maybe built your character, but had no real impact on your business, that may have reflected in how your business behaved or didn't behave. Yeah. Yes, that's an important part for sure. And it leads us well into what we're focused on for 2024. And that is creating or determining the best actions to take to further your business. And the whole theme of this, I think it's important to note is that it's the things that are within your control versus things that might not work out so well for you or in, in it's completely outside of your control. If you're doing everything you possibly can to grow your business that's in your control, you're going to come out far stronger for the next year. So I think historically the focus has been very much on the goals and the objectives and working towards those, which is still there. It's still definitely what your plan needs to be built around the goal. However, working to a goal as an outcome and making the goal the success measure is not always something, and we've seen it in the last year and in bad markets, that is out of your control. But you can control the steps you take to get there, the actions you do, the consistency, um, of how you run your business in such a way that you do manifest the goal and you do bring, well, my voice just went there. You do bring the outcomes that you're hoping for by virtue of the fact that you're building your own success by the stuff that you know you can do. So in doing that, we're going to revisit something we've talked about in the past, which is really determining what type of salesperson, what type of business person are you and the way that you interact and build business. And mm -hmm. we've talked about archetypes in the past. We can talk through them again very quickly. Um, and you want me to get started? Sure. You're nodding, but I can't tell if you're chomping at the bit to jump right in. So the four types, and we'll go into them very briefly, are networker, converter, prospector, and marketer. And a couple of ground rules here for determining what you are. 
Number one, you're not all four. You might have dashes of all four, but you need to be able to focus on what is the most interesting and the most enjoyable to you and the actions associated with them. Number two, it's very, it's less likely that you're just one of these things um, with, with some exceptions and it's possible that you are, but the idea here is that you wanna be able to connect the type of person that you are and what you enjoy with the actions you're going to wanna to commit to doing that reinforce where you kind of have the most comfort. And with that will come the greatest likelihood that you'll be consistent in putting those actions out there as part of your strategy. Yeah, exactly. So we'll touch briefly on what each is just so everybody knows like networker, I think is pretty self-explanatory. That's the person that loves to meet people. They're great in person. They can easily start a conversation. Think of like a networking event. And that pretty much is your networker who's thriving in that type of environment. Um, sorry, let's get to the next one. You can take the last two. Mm -hmm. Sharing you on. Sharing is caring. Um, converter uh, is basically, again, very, pretty self-explanatory. You're taking warm leads and you're turning into the hot leads. Um, online lead gen is a great one where people come in not necessarily very warm at all and trying to turn them into something that's hot and spicy and somebody that you want to work with. So... <laughs> hot and spicy. <laughs> that is what you're going for when you're a converter is you're trying to go from bland to jalapeno. Um, a, pros a prospector is your, I mean, some might consider it traditional old school, but it's really just someone who really likes the thrill of the hunt. Someone who's out there looking for business, finding cold leads. And this is like the pre-conversion this is generating conversations with people who had no idea they wanted what you've got, or at a minimum have no idea who you are or what you do. Yeah. It's think, great. For, sorry. Think what? Door knocker. Yep. Phone calls, those kinds of things, cold calls. All that stuff. That's, yeah. that's what a prospector is. And even though some might say it's a dying breed, I can tell you that there are definitely those who still thrive in this environment. We have agents who thrive in this environment and they wouldn't have it any other way. And because of that, they're showing a lot of success because guess what? In a competitive landscape, if you're in the bucket where the smallest number of people fall, you might have a greater likelihood of finding success with a smaller pool of people against whom you're competing. The other and final archetype is a marketer. And in today's day and age, this is the opposite of a prospector in terms of, I'd say, popularity. This is the person who wants to build their own brand. They're into things like video. They wanna be out there. They wanna be leveraging social media, building content um, and constantly uh, doing things to further who they are externally to other people, just advertising and all that stuff that you'd associate with marketing. Now, the caution I would give for those of you out there who are saying, well, definitely I'm a marketer, that's me. I love doing my ads. I love doing my whatever, my daily video on Instagram or whatever. That's great. But often a marketer needs to be uh, sort of complemented by one of the others when it comes to actually building business, because where this is all going as a next step is your ability to now leverage that stuff and those activities into making real connections with people, not just throwing the bait out and hoping somebody takes it, but actually building this into 
conversation, connection, relationship building. And as a marketer, it's hard to do that without having a different element or a, a supporting element that goes with that. Yeah. Like, I think it's very one-sided when you're talking about a marketer, you're putting things out there, but not necessarily getting anything substantial back in return. Whereas if you knock on a door and somebody answers, you're going to have some conversation in one way or another. So that can easily translate over if you're focused on social media and doing videos by, you know, interacting with your audience, interacting with your followers, that kind of thing. So it's just, as you said, taking it one step further to make sure it's a more of a two-way communication with people. So as you start to determine what bucket you fall into or what couple of buckets you fall into, you start to get some of the elements and some of the ideas of how you can actually make these connections. And by virtue of connections, that is your only way to build database pipeline, the ability to have more people from whom you draw to become business, right? You're going right to the basics of how you're going to build your business is by building more relationships. And so, yeah, like you gave a great example there. Like we talked to, to Jaden Kennedy last month, who's huge, a marketer, huge in social media in terms of making her business grow there. But she'll be the first one to tell you the only reason it's growing is because of her interaction with the people that are out there. It's not just about putting content out and that's the action she takes. The content is the lure that creates for her some warmer, warmish leads or opportunities to find people to go after and build conversations with. So start to think about that in terms of what the actions are you're going to take. And that's really what the next step is is you, you isolate all of these actions and the things that would make you the most comfortable, that fall within who you are the most. Um, and hopefully for everybody listening to this and doing this exercise, there's going to be a set of actions that make you excited to connect with people. Because if you fall into a world where you're even like, well, there's really nothing I want to do that connects me with people. Well, I hate you're to the write right business. <laughs> this, you know, then yeah, give your head a shake. Like you need it. There you go. Yeah. Take that. Head. There it is. Okay. All right. So as you said, like it's talking about daily tasks, weekly tasks, and monthly tasks that are going to get you business that are actions that you can take to have conversations, to make connections, to put more people in your database. So to give you a few examples, when we're talking about daily tasks, we're talking about maybe giving somebody a phone call every single day from your database or a few people. I don't know what, what your goal might be there, but I think with our team, especially this morning, we talked about this and we said, you know, you should at least at the very least be connecting with at least one person every single day. Like that is not a difficult thing to do. And that's the one driver that if you do that consistently for the next 365 days, or if you take weekends off, whatever that ends up being, it's yeah. going to be huge for your business. And next year's 366 days. So you just oh, earned true. yourself the ability to have an extra contact, even if you're just doing one a day. That's true. Yeah. But for myself, I try to do three a day and it's not necessarily a phone call. It's an email. It's a, you know, a, a market report for a certain client, whatever it is, but it's reaching out to at least three people. And that keeps my name out there. It keeps repeat and referral business coming consistently. And that's ultimately 
you know, my goal is to have that sort of a business running where I'm not worried about where my next deal is going to come from. Right. That, that the goal here is you're consistently feeding and feeding and feeding the beast. You can't ever just rest on what your database is, right? Because even the database you have wilts and dies if you're not cultivating it, if you're not staying on top of it and reaching out to them. So if you've got 500 people in your database and your approach is going to be, I'm going to reach out to two of my existing database every day, that's great. That could be one of your actions, right? What are you doing to add to your database? Do you want to mix up your daily activity where you say, you know what, I'm going to reach out to one person from within my database and two people who I haven't connected with before. I'm going to go out there and what are the places or what are the sources from, from which I'm going to be able to meet some new people? Because that falls within where I want to get new business. On a weekly, on a monthly basis, one example of something that I've started doing this year is going to past clients who have maybe bought uh, with me and have a, a place that they've been in for X amount of time, doesn't matter. And trying to, on an annual basis, hit each of them with a, a report specific to where they're at. Here's an unsolicited kind of two, three minute video that says, hey, what's up? You know, it's been a while since I've brought you up to speed on how the market's doing in your area. Here's, you know, what your house is looking like right now. Oh, and by the way, if you've got any more questions, if you want more detail, there's plenty more data where this came from. Oh, and by the way, if there's anybody you know who's you know looking for something similar, let me know. I can do this for anybody. And that becomes a less frequent thing because there's more work involved, but that is part of the system that ties into how I like to interact with people, right? Be like your weekly task, maybe, if you do one a week or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so start to brainstorm those things and you're basically taking all the stuff that you might've brain dumped out there as potential actions that are useful, that you enjoy doing, that you have been doing or wish you could be doing. And now you're going to start plotting them into an actual frequency. So start putting a realness to the concepts rather than just saying, these are the things I want to do this year or what we've done in the past, which was more of like a quarterly approach or like setting milestones where we'd say, hey, I want to be better at cold calling or I'm going to door knock this quarter. What's more useful saying I'm going to door knock this quarter or I'm going to go out twice a week in my neighborhood and knock on a hundred doors, right? Like clearly when you set benchmarks and deadlines, you're more likely to stick to it and have an understanding of what you need to do. Mm -hmm. which forms a better, more organized strategy for yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, a couple more examples, maybe for weekly and monthly tasks, like a week, you could have a weekly newsletter that you're sending out to people. Um, you could do a weekly podcast. Um, I mean, that's more outward related stuff, but maybe um, even somebody, or, or no, one thing that a lot of us talked about was, doing um like going out for a coffee with somebody once a week like that's something that if you continue to do that like that personal connection is a lot stronger when you're meeting somebody in person um and then monthly tasks you know you can maybe have a postcard campaign or a market report um, maybe you're doing a neighborhood feature for your instagram account so you want to do one of those a month things like that that are more less i mean obviously less frequent you obviously have to plan for them but you know they're coming out on a monthly basis 
And again, it ties to what type of a person you are. If you're a networker, maybe Working event. Yeah, exactly. you want to go to an event every once a month. Maybe you want to run a webinar that, you know, is for the mm -hmm. same or a varying sector of, of clientele monthly. Yeah. Because um, when you plan it, you do it. And what gets measured gets done, which leads to right. the next element of this, which is it's still not enough to just say, this is what I'm going to do every day or every week mm -hmm. or every month. You need to have a mechanism in place that allows you to measure and evaluate what you're doing, yeah. right? So that is a measure of not just the tangible numbers in terms of, you know, number of people, number of doors, number of whatever, but also what a measure of success looks like to you. So this is where we start to tie back in the goal, uh, that can help sort of determine as you're putting the strategy into place, how well are you meeting the strategy you put into place and how well is it delivering what you intended for it to deliver? Yeah, that's so, so as an example, if we're talking about reaching out to people on social media, for example, I'm going to reach out to three people on Facebook every day to start a conversation. Well, a measure of success might be, I want to make sure two of them or more weekly actually turn into a conversation, right? Because, you know, you've got to be realistic or, or I'm not going to stop at three in a day until one of them has answered and it's grown into somebody entering my database. These are new people. Mm -hmm. Like I'll make sure five of them get into my database every week, whatever, right? Like what's the measure that you're going to be able to put into place so that you know you're getting somewhere. That's key because like a lot of times we do the same thing over and over again. Maybe we just copy and paste a, a an introductory DM that we want to send to our new Instagram followers. And like, if you're not getting response at all, I mean, obviously you're not going to get a hundred percent response rate, but if you're not getting any response, then maybe you need to reconsider what your message looks like, how your approach is. Same thing for newsletters. Like what's your open rate? Like, are there certain newsletters that have done better than others? And what can you do? going forward based on those examples that will increase your over, open rate overall. This is the point where you start to, where they talk about, you know, it's good to make mistakes and it's good to learn from mistakes. Like this is that point. You want to use the beginning of a new strategy to work out the kinks and to really isolate how this is going to work in the way that best serves you. So if you've said that having five people in your database is the goal and you're only getting two or you're getting zero, implement your own A-B testing, implement your own little changes that if they start to produce more, that's what's going to help you. It's not a case of changing your strategy, right? When we talk about the valley of despair in the past and then, you know, just giving up because it's not going well, it's maintaining the same strategy, but like Katie said, it's changing the message. Mm -hmm. or adjusting it here yeah. like a little bit a little bit a little bit to see what delivers a better out outcome for you yep 100 po okay so going from working in your business i don't even think we said that that was the first part but working in your business is you know the activities that you're doing consistently to get business we're going to transition now into working on your business which is more so the activities that help create efficiencies and systems behind the scenes so that you're doing your job um, much better and you're servicing your clients better and all that kind of stuff and saving time. So 
first and foremost, the one thing that you absolutely need non-negotiable is a CRM for your business. Get yourself a CRM, please. And we were speaking with it about our, with our team today. Um, if you want to take a look, I haven't looked yet, but HubSpot apparently it might have a free version. If you're looking for something free to start out with, if this is just your first time diving into a CRM, but without this, you are not going to be able to keep track of things as you add more people, because conceivably with all this activity that you're going to be doing, you're going to be adding people into your database. And if you aren't keeping track of them, you're going to lose sight of them and it's you're going to lose business as a result. This is number one, before anything else, have a place to organize your people. I'm repeating what you said because it's important. The CRM is what you need doesn't need to be a fancy system. In fact, in most cases, you're better off if it's not a fancy system. But we're going to tell you what to do to find one. And this kind of has a two-tier approach, depending on where you're at in your business, because a lot of you have a system already. So if you already have a system, this isn't a reset button and go find a new system, but it very likely is a understanding more about your system and refining it and getting it in a place where it's serving you as well as it can. And then if you don't have a system, finding the right system and building it from literally the ground up to be exactly what you need it to be. So this is a new beginning, regardless of where you're at right now, but it needs to have something because this is the core. Again, if we're building business based on relationships and connections, you need to know what to do, right? Like just having a thing that says, I'm contacting three people today, doesn't serve you that well if you don't know where they're coming from, what you're saying, the frequency, all, all these different things, what the message is. So by having a CRM, you take all these steps that are extra work and headache and automate them, right? You know where the people are, you've got them bucketed the right way. And then the, what you need to do right now, because everybody works differently, is determine what's most important to you in a CRM. And we talked about this today, Every CRM is going to do the same base stuff. And the base stuff is what is the most important. That's why they all have it, right? Whether or not you need anything over and above that becomes a case-by-case -case thing, depending on how you do your business. So what you need to do is identify what we've said is the three most important elements to you of a CRM system, right? Yeah. And it could be very base things, but there might be things that are really important that only certain systems offer. But before you go out there and determine which one you want, isolate the three things that are the most important to you. And it'll help eliminate or add different systems that you can start to consider. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, um, to do that ahead of time, that saves you a lot of time in the back end if you end up hating the CRM. Because a lot of times some people just like the look and feel of a certain system. And so if that's important to you, then that's fine. Cost is another big one. Like CRMs range so much in different at different price points. So that's got to be something you keep in mind. And I caution against reaching out to many other agents because you're going to get all sorts of different answers and everybody's going to say theirs is the best and you're probably going to end up more confused than than not so as daniel said do the work in the back on the back end yourself to identify well yeah. that's it and if you're if you're stuck right now and well i don't know what i'm looking for if i don't speak to more people i mean think of the big things think about what your business is going to look like you're going to want the basics again which is organizing people 
being able to bucket them, being able to tag them. There might be an element that's important to you about automating workflows. You might be thinking you want to do things like drip campaigns. Um, you might want a system to integrate well with different other elements of your business, be it your email, be it your calendar. You might want it to have its own calendar you know, features to it where people can book right into it. Whatever it is, you know, lead management, uh, you know, tracking the the life, uh, not the life cycle, but like the, the sales cycle or this, yeah, like a client's sort of progression from cold to warm to hot. Different CRMs pride themselves on different things. And they're not all just within our industry. You don't need to feel like I need to pick a real estate specific CRM because a lot of them are doing the same thing in a very simple way. Yeah. The caution is almost all CRMs are also going to have a ton of other features that they try to differentiate with and they try to sell you on. And you can't let yourself fall into the trap of being sold on a feature that's not important to you. Okay. Because yeah. if, if you start to let the sales pitches suck you in, you're going to start changing your own strategy and approach inadvertently to something that the CRM dictates rather than what you've laid out for yourself to do. So that's why it's really important to say to yourself, what's important to me before I go searching and then check the boxes mm -hmm. and it'll make it a lot easier to eliminate and to make your search a little bit more focused than just going out there and seeing what everybody does. Yep. So it's that, it's that afternoon, like oh, you're, hit. You're, you're hurting right now. I, I, I was trying not to say anything, but my it's God. like me. It's like me when we're. It's like when we're watching a show at the end of the night. And I'm I just know, like, but it's not. It's not nine thirty at night right now. I know. It's just we had a lot of sushi, and now like it's three o'clock, four o'clock, and I always get tired around this time. That's mm. okay. That's not my ranting. That's what you're saying. That's putting you to sleep. Not at all. <laughs> so yes. Why would you say that? <laughs> I only ranted because I thought I might lose you mid-sentence and I had to keep talking. No, I stay more awake when I'm talking, so it's okay, good. Okay, well, take it, take it. Then, then no, we can, we can go back and forth. It's not, um, we're almost done anyway, so I can have my little nap after this. <laughs> Anywho, um, so yes, after the CRM, we just want you to also identify a couple of other systems that you'd like to implement into your business over this next year. So we say three to four and ideally like one per quarter or something like that, where you've got a goal of implementing something um, that's going to make your business run more efficiently. It could be checklists. It could be tracking expenses, whatever it is that you think would be helpful and I'm sure a lot of you have ideas in your head of things that you've been meaning to implement that you just haven't had a chance to yet. Yeah, so some of this is going to evolve as you begin your strategy and as you start to refine your CRM and the other stuff that's going on. Why are you laughing? I just, I'm so paranoid that you're like staring at me. <laughs> I'm just talking to you right now. I'm not nervous about the fact that you might actually pass out mid-sentence. Don't worry, you're conscious enough about it now that you're actually conscious, which is good. Um, so <laughs> think though about, <laughs> I feel like I can't talk with, <laughs> think about your client, again, their client's life cycle and the way that your relationships go. <laughs> and to those of you not watching this on YouTube, this might be the episode worth watching 
and comment if you think I'm crazy about the way that Katie has been looking for the last 10 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> I'm really not sure that she's with us right now, but as long as I hear the giggles, I know she's still alive. Um, think about your clients before the deal, during the deal, and after the deal, because there's so many different systems that you can put into place, whether it's um, you know, starting to determine what's important to the people you're working with, starting to profile them earlier, starting to put things in place that you provide them with as you're searching, setting up searches, the post-close process. There's so much that goes into a client and the more you can systemize, the better. Mm -hmm. That's right. So brain dump, pick three to four max and then break down with, within each system, what are the steps you're going to have to take over the coming year to get that implemented? And obviously you're not going to tackle them all at once. You're going to take it one step at a time, one quarter at a time, and ideally try to implement something. And, you know, think about also the sales cycle and typically what times of year you're busier than others. I think the first quarter might be a little slower for some people, which is okay, but take advantage of that to work more so on a system that might take a little bit more time to implement. And this, this is something that's an evolution too, that's different from the first part. When we talked about working in your business, those are the routines and personal automations that aren't going to change. Mm -hmm. You're not going to stop contacting people and connecting with people regularly, regardless but your systems and your needs and the position of your business conceivably is going to evolve over time where right now your focus might be on building database on building you know your initial set of systems to get off the ground and running or to revamp a tough year but as you go and as you actually start getting more business and working more with clients the systems you need and the approach that you're taking might be very different from what you need today. So mm -hmm. when you look at that on, you know, you don't have to wait till next year to figure out a new system because you said this year you're just building CRMs or whatever. That's why quarterly or whatever works best for you on a little bit more frequent basis makes sense when it comes to implementing systems. Put something down now of what you think the progression is going to be over the year, but don't feel bad in that respect, if you pivot off of systems that are more important to you three months, six months from now, because you're not going to be pivoting off of the basics of how you're doing business and continuing to feed your pipeline. Mm -hmm. That's right, friends. Um, and that's it. I mean, other than that, we just want to do, and, and you know, you guys can follow along too to do a semi-annual check-in, find a friend in the real estate business and um, maybe make a plan to do a semi-annual check-in with whoever just to make sure you're on the right track that you, you know, you're either continuing with what you planned for, or maybe you're having to make some pivots based on what you've been tracking and seeing maybe lack of results in certain areas. So um, checking in with yourself is good. Don't just do this plan and then stick it in your drawer and never come back to it until ever. Well, and, and, that, and that's why having someone is important, not just to check over your plan when you implement it, but to keep you accountable. Yeah. And do spot checks along the way. Mm -hmm. How yeah, it's going. Important. And if you're both doing it, then you keep each other accountable. There is an element of, I wouldn't call it competition, but motivation 
yeah. if you're slacking off or if the other person is whatever, you know, for most people who want to are doing this because they want to succeed, mm -hmm. if they're slacking off and someone isn't, you know, you'll be able to, to mo hopefully motivate yourself a little bit more to get your shit together. hundred percent. Yeah. Like you got to, you got to have somebody that you can rely on. And I'm just even thinking with our Monday morning check-ins with our agents, this is a really great framework to create some accountability with the actions that you're going to take on a weekly, daily basis, as well as what system are you working on this quarter? So that, you know, there's specific things that you can speak to every single week. And that's another thing is going into each week and each day, knowing what you want to be doing, like planning for the week ahead, planning for the day ahead, the night before. That's super important because you feel a lot, like you've got more focus, obviously in direction when you're, when you're able to do that. And once a day passes and you didn't do what you said you were going to do, you don't get that day back. Right. And the consequence when you're an entrepreneur is you're doing less business. Like that's it. The consequences, nobody's, well, I don't know, depends on how strict your brokerage is, but no one's firing you. No one's, you know, it's just you are now a day less ahead than you would have been if you stuck to your plan. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of twofold. It's it's something that you need to be aware of to not let it happen. But if it does happen. If you spend time sulking on not doing something, then you're wasting even more time. Yeah. So stick to this. You're doing it. You're taking the time to put it together so that you can quantify and define what you're going to do going forward. And nothing that we've said is difficult. Nothing that we've said is costly, nor is it going to take a huge amount of your time to implement like this isn't a nine to five strategy that's being put into place. This is like maybe an hour of each day, maybe. And it's going to be enough to actually push your, your business forward and free up the rest of your time, especially as you start developing these systems, free up the rest of your time to do the other things that are important, like actually building your business, having the larger conversations, getting your listings out there, spending time for yourself, all the stuff you want time for because everybody claims they're too busy for everything. Okay, yeah. hour a day, make it happen. And you have an extra day in 2024. Power hour per day. Power hour per day. PH. What's that? PH? Yeah. PD. True. Good acronym. Well, hey, it wasn't a half an hour. Maybe it was. If it was a half an hour, you wouldn't have fallen asleep. <laughs> it's all good. I'm good. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And a reminder, if you do want a PDF copy of the annual plan, send us a DM to at Level Up for Realtors, and we'd be happy to send it along. Yay. So, all right. All right. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you next yeah. week. Alright, bye. Bye. Level up, level up, level up. Level up.